when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. And when we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Good morning. It is great to see everyone who is here today. As Judy said it, with the weather being like it is, we got the best and the dedicated and the brave who showed up for service today. So thank you all for being here. Uh, a few announcements, uh, just kind of give you a heads up on what's happening with the Global Methodist Church and our move. We have received our letter of acceptance, and on July 1st of this year, we will become a member of the Global Methodist Church. Um, on July 19th, I'll become a global Methodist, or excuse me, June 19th, I will become a global Methodist licensed pastor. So that being said, if I'm global Methodist, I can't pre you will still be United Methodist at the time I get, I'm licensed. But the good thing is God had already planned this out in advance. We had already planned a vacation for that time frame so that when I come back, you will be global Methodist and I'll be global Methodist. So it, it all works out great. Um, Later on in July, what we're going to do, we're going to have a special service to celebrate the movement to the Global Methodist Church. Uh, the majority of every, everyone that we mailed out letters to, I believe, have responded uh, saying whether or not they want to go Global Methodist or, or not. Um, we're going to have a mass joining, so to speak. So we'll have a service where everyone can not just write on a piece of paper, yeah, that's what I want to do, but we will renew our vows of commitment to the church and anyone at that time who is not a member and wants to be a member just let us know and we will get that taken care of on that day as well all right so that's where we stand with the global Methodists. if you're a first-time visitor with us uh, please fill out a connection card that's in, uh, in the back of the pew you can place it in the offering plate so that we can make contact with you next sunday is pentecost everyone please show up in red as is the tradition here as we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're also going to be celebrating the graduates in an upcoming service. So in your bulletin, you have one of these forms here. If you know of someone in your family who's graduating, a son, daughter, uh, grandson, granddaughter, whether pre-K or high school or even college, uh, please let us know so that we can make sure that they are honored for the work that they have done. Uh, May 31st will be our last Wednesday night program for the summer. Watch the bulletin for that to start back up. Um, and in your bulletin pertaining to Wednesday night is a passage of scripture for this coming week. It's Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. And the question that we should be considering is to, uh, or actually a statement this time, consider what it means to be a believer. All right, again, that's Luke 10, 25 through 37. 
Um, also on Wednesday night, uh, the question has come up of maybe continuing part of it through the summer. So if anyone is interested in a Bible study where we actually read and then come together and discuss uh, what we've read, uh, just let me know by the end of the month so that we can make plans for that. A couple of people have said that maybe they would like to do that a couple of times a month. All right, one more announcement. We are going to, as you know, start introducing new songs just so that you can have an idea of the songs that we are introducing over the next few months. It will be these songs. Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone, Bless the Lord, O My Soul, also known as 10,000 Reasons, and uh, How Great Is Our God. We have already sung 10,000 Reasons once as a congregation with the video. Linda is working hard to master it on piano, so on June 11th, we will sing 10,000 Reasons with piano, not a video, as a congregation, and we're going to be working toward uh, the other two songs uh, in the coming days. All right. Other than that, are there any other announcements this morning? If not, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, this morning we come before you with thankfulness in our hearts for all that you have done for us. And Father, we ask that on this uh, special day that our brave and our dedicated come into your house. Father, we just ask that you send your spirit into this place to be with us, each and every one. Give us eyes to see new things about you and ears to hear new words that would come from your throne. Be with us. Give us hope and inspiration in all things we encounter. But, Father, we ask that you hear our words of praise as we sing out to you. Words of gratitude and words of thankfulness for all that you have done in our lives and for all the things that you will do in our lives in the days to come. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Just to add to Tommy's um, little comments about the, song, the singing, I appreciate all of you who have um, entered songs in for us to sing. I have gone back into some of the old hymnals. I even have a little, an old upper room hymnal. And, um, and to the red hymnal and some of the other ones that I have in the choir room to look for some of the good songs that we used to sing back in the day. Like, you know, the, the contemporary hymns are, are wonderful and, and they add something to the service, but nothing can make you stand up and sing like Jesus saves. And some of these old hymns, so if there's some of the old, old favorites, you know, like we sing in August at, at camp meeting month or the golden oldies or whatever we call them, that you'd really like to sing during the service, please write them down. Let us know, because when Tommy and I are figuring out the songs we're going to sing, we want to sing something that you want to sing, that you know well, and that you're going to fill this house with praise. If you'll sit down and join me in the call to worship found on page 328 or on the screen, surely the Lord, the presence of the Lord is in this place. Please hear God's word. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 25 and 26. To whom, then, will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see. Who created these? Who brings out their host and numbers them? Calling them by name, because he is great in strength, mighty in power, and not one is missing. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, if you'll stand and join me in our opening hymn, found on page 374 or on the screen, all the verses of Standing on the Promises. Let's fill this place with praise.
Alpha Methodist, I invite you to join me as we affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. Alpha Methodist, this is what we believe. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Story time. So, we did a kayaking event yesterday unofficially. What I mean by unofficially is Joey and I went out Tuesday and ran the course from Dasher's Landing to Morgan's Bridge. And there was some concern about people's safety because one of us, me, got drawn up under a tree that was above the water and flipped my kayak. So we thought, you know, maybe we need to cancel this one. So what we did is we, we officially canceled it as far as it being a sponsored event by Alpha Methodist Church, but people were still uh, told that if you want to come out, you come out on your own, but it's not going to be a sponsored event. So we made it uh, from Dasher's Landing probably two-thirds of the way uh, to the finish, and when I got to the tree that I got sucked under, um, I didn't recognize it because maybe my perspective was a little different because I was actually going past it instead of hanging on to it this time. I made it past, and I was feeling comfortable that we got to the second obstacle, and we made sure everyone got through, and it was my turn. And I hear them yelling, pedal hard to the right, pedal hard to the right. But my kayak kept going straight into a fallen tree that was uh, in the river. And as my kayak turned sideways against all those branches and I felt it sucking me under, Joey was off to my right and I just looked at it and said, Joey, as it pulled me under and flipped over. But I tell people I did not flip off the kayak and I did not go swimming. I was climbing an underwater tree because when I came off the kayak, I was standing on a limb that was underwater. So it's a new sport, underwater tree climbing. All right. But we had a great time. I think we had like 16 people come out with us? 17 people. Um, and we're getting some good feedback from the people. They appreciate being able to come out in the uh, environment of a church and be able to go out and kayak and have a good time with one another. All right. Other than that, are there any other praises or prayer concerns to be lifted up this morning? Linda? James and Ruthie? Anyone else this morning? Betty? They did everything right and then some. They, they worked really hard. All right, anyone else this morning? Susan? All right. Anyone else this morning? Terry? Mr. Grizzard passed away this week. Kathy? Can you one more time? Anyone else this morning? 
Emily Patel. We want to remember her. We also want to continue to remember Danny and Janice Miller, Carl and Lois Clemens. Uh, traveling Mercies, we got some folks that are going out on a cruise this week. Our homeless military caregivers, first responders, and of course, Miss Betty Vickery. Any others this morning? If not, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come before you today with um, thankfulness in our hearts for all the provision that you've given us in the past days. And Father, we come before you today lifting up to you the names of our friend, family and friends that are in need of, of healing or in need of a touch of just knowing that you're present in their lives. Father, we ask that you be with each and every one of them, those who are known and unknown to us. Um, just if they don't know you personally, Father God, we ask that you touch their hearts and call them into the family of God that they may come to know you. Father God, we ask that you be with our family and friends who are uh, struggling with loss today. Uh, some good people have left our presence, but we know and we celebrate that, that today they stand in your presence, made whole and happy, that, that the troubles of this world are no longer part of their lives. But, Father, we ask that you be with the family members as they grieve, help them to grieve and grieve healthily, and uh, help them to be able to remember all the, the good times that they shared with their loved ones, but help them to be able to to t start taking steps to move forward, to continue living their lives, and to continue building memories that, that their families can remember of them. Father God, we just lift up to you today the needs of everyone that are around us, and we praise you, Father God, for meeting the needs that you have. And Father, as we look for our tomorrow, we celebrate that you're already present and have that road prepared for us. Father, these are the things that we lift up to you in Christ's holy name. Amen. If you'll stand once again and join me in our preparation hymn found on page 380, there's within my heart a melody. We're going to sing verses 1, 2, and 5. forward please as we go to honor God with our tithes and offerings let us pray as Christ taught us to pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
I tend to lose things at times and have great difficulty finding them. And when I'm looking for them, I swear up and down that I, I put it somewhere and I go to that place to find it and find out that it's not there. And then after some time of looking for it, it'll pop up somewhere else. And for the life of me, I still can't remember ever putting, putting it there. I think sometimes people move things around the house on me to make me think I lost things. You know, and, and sometimes I think about our relationship with God, that, that I don't lose it, but maybe if I dedicated the amount of time and passion that I did in finding lost things and to finding God and understanding Him, then maybe I would know a little bit more about Him. It has to be intentional in order to find something. Jeremiah said to the people of Israel like this concerning their relationship with God, that if you search for God with your whole heart, then you will find Him. And I think that says a lot about the journey itself, that it has to be a priority and something that we want to do. We're not going to find and we're not going to understand if we don't look. And that looking has to be intentional. Today's passage of Scripture comes from the book of Psalms, chapter 46, verses 7 through 11. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. For I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, we come before you and thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to come into your house. The opportunity that we have as a people in this nation to come forward and worship you with whole hearts without fear of persecution and without fear of loss of life. Father, we thank you again for that blessing and that protection. And, Father, as we enter the service today, I ask that you be with me. Give me guidance and direction. Give me words of hope and inspiration. But, Father, I ask that you enter me of my desire to speak my own will, to fill me with your spirit, that every word I speak would be pleasing to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You read this and you think to yourself, what does any of this have to do with being intentionally observant in finding God and understanding more about him? Well, this is actually a reflection of the psalmist that he sat down and he, he sought out God in his life and came to understand where God worked in certain areas of his life. Sometimes we don't see that at the time that it's happening. Sometimes it's days, weeks, or months, or maybe even years later when we come to understand that when we thought God wasn't present or we didn't understand what God was doing, that, that he was actually there. And the first thing that uh, the psalmist points out to us is something very personal about his understanding of God, that when he looked back on life, he came to understand that, that he wasn't just Lord of heaven and earth, but there was more to his character and his being. He assigned a title to the Lord at this point. He referred to him as the Lord of hosts, and he did that because of his uh, past experiences with God. Now, other people throughout the biblical times, specifically in the Old Testament, had different names for identifying God. John brought up one this week to me uh, during a Facebook conversation called where he's a, a Jehovah Rapha which means God heals, and the people gave God that name because of the healing that he brought upon people. Other people refer to him as Jehovah Jireh because he's the God who provides. People recognized God's characteristics and started assigning those names at, to him as they understood his character in their life. And this particular psalm here, the Lord is known as the Lord of hosts. And when we think about host, if you're like me, you're thinking that someone's coming to your house and you're going to be the host. You're going to provide them with, with what they need for comfort. But, but really and truly, in this sense, host has nothing to do with, with hosting someone. It has more to do with God's position in heaven and here on earth. It actually references a military aspect of God's life, that, that he is a commander of a certain group. Some... Uh, references say that, that God is the commander in charge of a heavenly army. 
And that is true. He is his army of angels that, that are under his command. But he also refers to us as a people as his army, the soldiers who go out into the world and deliver his message of hope and faith to all the people around us. We as a people oftentimes take on persecution because of our beliefs. Sometimes people look at us and, and think that there's something strange or different about them because of their belief in God. But God goes with us everywhere that we go. The other thing that the psalmist points out here in that very same verse is that he's not only the Lord of hosts, but he's the God of Jacob, and he is our refuge. And I love the fact that he used Jacob in this point of reference here. A lot of times when we hear uh, God being the God of someone, we hear that he's the God of, of Abraham, the one who is faithful to, to carry out the will of God, the one who strives to be a holy person, or the God of Isaac, who is Abraham's son. But this time, the, God is referenced as the God of Jacob. And, and if we understand, if we search and look and understand why it is, that that name is put in there next to God, then we understand more about his character if we look. And in order to do that, we look to Jacob. Jacob was not the most honest of people. I say this all the time. He was a con artist. He stole from his brother on a regular basis. He didn't take into consideration how his uh, choices would impact the world around him. It was all about him. He wanted his brother's blessing. He wanted his brother's birthright. He wanted everything to be his. So when we reference the God of Jacob is our refuge, I think that what we see is, is that the psalmist is telling us that, that God that we know is a God who loves all creation in spite of who they are at the core, that God looks down from heaven and sees the, the good ability in each and every one of us, and that God looks down from heaven and sees a need for salvation for all, and not just some. And that's a hard thing to struggle with, I think, sometimes, because sometimes there are people that come into my life that I would prefer that they just wouldn't be there because I don't want to deal with their heartaches. I don't want to deal with their struggles. I don't want to deal with their bad habits. But I'm often reminded that our duty as Christians is not to take on the burden of their sin to the point that, that it causes a negative impact on our lives, but to take upon ourselves the responsibility of their sin, love them in spite of it, and show them the same grace and mercy that God bestowed upon us. It's a difficult thing to do. But even in that circumstance, when we see people that, that rub us the wrong way or don't live the lifestyle that, that we think that they should be living, if we look and look hard, we can see God in the lives of those people that he puts in our path, and we can see how God is working in our lives to, to make us more like him as we learn to care for the lost. You see, God is our refuge. And when I hear the word refuge, I continue to think of a refugee, a person who is, who is running from harm or danger. But in this instance, that's not what God is talking about because he's not talking about we as a people. The psalmist here is actually talking about God. It is our place to run to. In the Old Testament, in the e original Hebrew, refuge actually translates to a, a strong tower, a mighty fortress that God himself has revealed to us. If we look to him, if we find him in our, in our time of need, in our time of doubt, in our time of fear, that if we look to God Almighty, we see that he's more than just a name, but he is a strong and mighty tower that we as a people can run to and find safety and find security. It's all here present in our lives today and in the past and in the days to come. But it's about taking the, the time to, to look and find. It's so easy in life to live life day by day, being overtaken by each and every task that comes along our way or every problem or every celebration. But we learn to slow down as a people and take in all the blessings that God has for us. 
And he tells us to take time. He says, come and behold the works of the Lord. And, and what that means is this. It doesn't mean to stay where you're at and look and, and glance. But it means to, to leave what you're doing. Put it down. It, it might be important, but it's not this, this important. Because God our Father has something over here he wants us to see. There's a revelation about who he is or a revelation about what he wants to do in your life over there. It's his work in our life, and in our society. But he tells us to do two things. One, to come. In other words, leave where you're at now and go somewhere else. doesn't necessarily mean that you have to leave Bloomingdale and go to Pooler. You may. I don't know. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to leave Bloomingdale to, to go to Atlanta. You may. I don't know. But I think what it really means is this, that whatever you're involved in at this minute, Whatever struggle or whatever celebration that's going on, take a break from that reality for just a moment because blessings are passing us by each and every day because we don't take the time to look. Set it down and walk away from it. Refocus it and, and, and get caught up in the message of God and the power of God's Spirit working in your life, and go to and look and see what it is that He wants you to see. And when He says to, to behold, He's saying more than just glance at something. I mean, I, I can glance at these flowers here, and I can tell you that there's red, white, and actually purple. See what happens when you glance? You start missing the details. We have purple and white and lavender and green. And when we slow down and behold, take it in, we see more and more detail in our lives and what God is going to do. Did you know that God was the creator of everything in this earth and everything in the heavens? One of my most favorite pictures that I keep coming across since I've been down here on Facebook, is of Tybee Island. Somebody has these special cameras that can actually capture the, the stars and the moon. And they will go out and they will stand on the beach and they will take a photograph of the Tybee Island Pier in the darkness of night with the stars and the Milky Way over the ocean. And it's amazing to view that photograph with all the, the clouds moved away so that you can see all the, the glory of God and his creation. And every time I have the opportunity to see the glory of God, it gives me a reason to rejoice in this life because it reaffirms to me that no matter what I encounter in life, my God is greater than everything that comes my way. That I don't have to fear what tomorrow brings. And, and even when I'm upside down in a river climbing a tree, I don't have to worry about what might happen to me because my God created me and he created my circumstances and he knew in advance what I was going to be facing and I can face with confidence knowing that God is with me and will bring me through. But I have to, to take time out of my schedule. I have to put down the burdens. I have to actually put down not just the burdens, but even some of my cares and walk away and take time and admire the works of God. You see, when I begin to admire the works of God in my life and in your life and in the lives of others and in creation, I develop a new appreciation for who God is, what he's done, and what he will do. See, God is the God of the living and not a God of the dead. I love that passage of Scripture. And I'm not necessarily talking about those who have closed their eyes on this side of earth, heaven and gone home with the Lord. But if we are a people who are spiritually dead and don't move when the Spirit moves and don't go when the Spirit says go, then we miss out 
on the life that God has for us. He is a mighty and loving God. And it is his desire to share with each and every one of us every aspect of his existence. We think about the hardships, not just in our lives, but the troubles that we face. I think about Israel a lot, and I always go back to to their experience in Egypt. And the struggle they faced being bound to slavery. But then that day came in their life when Moses walked in and he said, you know what, Pharaoh has agreed that I'm going to let you go to the land that you want to go to. I'm going to let you go and worship your God the way that you want to. And I think about that moment in time, about the joy that the people had to be experiencing, that that God heard their prayer after all these years, and not just heard it, but as answering it, putting it forth into action in the very moment that they breathe. I would probably be one who would be standing, one in awe, but also in doubt, thinking that this is too good to be true. But they did. They, they, They left Egypt. But they left taking the most difficult route. I don't know if we realize that. And you see, God directed them on that route, and it's pointed out in the Word that, that they could have taken another route but by the Mediterranean and went into Palestine. But God said, I don't want you to go that route. I'm not going to lead you that direction because there's something I know about you. See, if you go to Palestine, you're going to be faced with war. You've been a slave your entire life. What do you know about warfare? And so I want you to succeed. I want you to to leave behind the things that are bothering you. I want you to get out of that life that you don't want and get into the life that you desire. But you're going to have to go about it the the hard way around because there's things that you have to learn. You see, this is what we're talking about, that, that God has a way of bringing about desolation upon the earth. In other words, making a place empty and void, destroying it, in other words. Israel left... Egypt, And when they got to the Red Sea, there was nowhere else for them to go. And what did God do? I, I, I would be thinking myself, this would be my expectation. Well, I'm trusting in God. He, he's going to provide all my needs. He's going to get me where I've got to go. He knows I'm at the water, so therefore he's going to provide me a boat. I would be standing on that sea, seashore looking for a boat to show up somewhere because there's no other way to get around it, right? That's what I would be thinking. And I'm sure that some of the people um, in Israel were thinking the same thing. But many of them were thinking this. When they got to the Red Sea, Moses said to them, Basically, this is the end of the line for us right now. But your journey is going to continue. But this is what I want you to do. This is the instruction from God. I want some of you to go stand over here. I want some of you to go over here. And I want some of you to set up camp over here. Because what's going to happen is this. Pharaoh has changed his mind. He doesn't want you to be free anymore. He's decided he wants you to come back. And he's coming with his army to get you. So he's building up this this big battle scene, right? The people that don't know how to war are going to have to do something. And when they looked toward Egypt, as they were instructed, that is exactly what they saw. They saw their enemy coming after them with malicious intent. They weren't coming to help. They weren't coming to to show them the way into the promised land. They were coming to take them back into slavery where they just came from. And the people did this. Instead of standing on the the word of God or standing on the promises of Christ my Lord, as our song says, they began to look at the reality of their circumstances and began complaining. They said, Moses, why did you bring us here to die? Is it because there were no graves in Egypt? They were already giving up in the battle, forgetting about the power of God, who just performed all these plagues in Egypt, just showed his power to everyone so that they know that that, that he's God. And then God said to Moses, Go to the seashore and stand. And as Moses was standing there with his staff in his hand, 
And the people were looking to their enemy and seeing them approaching. And fear and doubt and anger began welling up inside them. God said to Moses, raise your staff. And when Moses raised his staff, the salvation of God became known to man as those waters began to part and Israel began to cross the safety on dry land. And their enemy followed. But once Israel was in the wilderness, once the, the last person crossed into safety, God brought desolation upon the land. For the waters closed upon their enemies. He broke their bow and he shattered their spears. And for a moment, he brought peace to a land. And I think that when things like that happen, I think it breaks the heart of our God. Because he loves creation with every ounce of his being. But I think that he understands that when a people or a person is given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to change the way they live, that at some point, natural consequences have to come about in order to protect the others around them. The things God does to protect his children. And I think that one of the most important things that he says to us in this passage about being intent and seeking him out is found in verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I love those words, be still, because when I, when I hear them, I, I, I picture or I remember some of the times in my own life or where uh, the anxiety was building up inside of me, and I mean, I'm rushing to, to try and solve a problem that I don't have the authority to find. And I hear the voice of God whisper to my heart, Tommy, stop, breathe, and be still. I think that that is a, a beautiful statement. But as I dig into those words, I, I find other meanings or its original intent. And you can laugh at me if you want to for this. But when we go into the, to the Hebrew and begin looking at the meaning of the words here, be still, it's not necessarily saying it as pretty as what we like. What he's actually saying is this, it ain't none of your business, leave it alone. Literally it does because what happens is this. We as a people want to be in charge and control. It's natural for us to want to, to be able to help ourselves. And God gives us the ability and he, he teaches us along the way as we grow to understand certain things about him. And he gives us the opportunity to make decisions about who we are and how we live. He really does. But there are times in our lives when, when our knowledge and our understanding of things don't come into play. There's times in our life when God is already working in our circumstances to build for us the thing that we want, to move us into a, a, a new direction. But sometimes we become fearful, and we want to do just like Israel did. So if we're really going to be intent about seeking out God in the context of this uh, passage here, then let's go back to look at Israel. When they needed to be still, and they felt all the anxiety building up inside of them, what did they do? They didn't stop and look into the into the future. They didn't stop and live in the present. They looked right back to the past. They looked right back to where they came from, and they quit. They gave up. And you know, I think that's another reason why God sent them to the Red Sea, 
to put them in a position where they have no choice but to believe in God because they couldn't cross the Red Sea safely. They know that, and they know that the enemy is approaching from the other side, and they can't get through them. They had no other choice in life but to stand and be still. In other words, what God tells us sometimes to do is, you know what? I understand. I grew you up as a child. When you were a babe, I fed you milk. I taught you my word. I was present in your life. I taught you how to walk and how to trust in me and depend upon me. And I taught you how to depend upon my word. But right now, what I need you to do is take that knowledge and that information and set it aside and let me be God. You don't worry over here about what's happening. Find me by trusting in me. Look into your life and look into your relationship with God and learn how to let God be God. Sometimes we have to let go of the things in the past. Sometimes we have to let go of the things in the present in order for God to be God. He says, don't interfere with what I'm doing. And I think he says that because he knows what's best. He knows what we need. And sometimes if we start interfering and, and interjecting our own thoughts and our, our, our own design into the plan, it tends to mess things up just a little bit. So you're saying that we as a people can mess up God's plan? Yeah, I think we can. Just like if I'm going down the road, traveling in my car with a passenger in my seat, and I see a, an area road where the police have put up a barrier and said, don't go this way because there's danger, but I ignore that sign and go that way anyways. When God intended me and my uh, friend to arrive safely somewhere else, and he provided that route, I take it out of God's hands and do it the way I want to and wind up causing injury. So you see, we can mess up God's plan, but it's because of God's grace and mercy, I believe, that, that he, he allows us to do that. But he hopes that we learn from our mistakes and gets back on the path with him. Because when we learn to be still, we can do this in life. When those circumstances arise that, that we can't control, that we can't move, that when we're in a position where there's nothing else to do but trust God, we don't have to live that time in fear and anxiety. We can live that time in celebration. We can celebrate today, even though we can't move into tomorrow, we can celebrate today, not just the things that God has done for us in the past, but the very things that God has done for us today. Today, he provided us fellowship of the saints with everyone gathered here today. Today, he provided each and every one of us with with, with bread and, and water to nourish our bodies, and he's provided us with breath that we can sing and shout praises to him for all that he's done. When we can do those things, when we learn to be still, when we stay out of God's plan and look with intent, choose to look over there and say that I can see God working in my life and in the lives of those around me, I'm going to stay out of it so we can have the perfect plan. I love this psalm, and I'm not much of one for psalms. Psalms are a lot of poetry, and I kind of get lost in them sometimes. But, but this particular one here I really love. And then to just to drive it all home, the psalm has come back to remind us that after all that, look. For the Lord of hosts, the mighty commander, the one in charge of mighty heavenly angelic armies and those and the one that is in charge of our lives and our disposition. He is with us now and always. And we can remember that the God of Jacob who brought redemption and repentance to his life and restored him can and will restore us because he is our mighty tower. He is our strength and our salvation. So I challenge you this week that no, no matter what your circumstance, take time to look for God. And if you do it with intent and you do it with passion, I promise you, you will find him at work in your life. Or you will see where he was working in your past to bring you into today. 
build your relationship with God and cherish it because it is the most important thing that you have in your life. Let us pray. Father God, we close the service today and we thank you for the words that you've given. And Father, help inspire each and every one of us gathered here to include myself to, to slow down and be still. To, to help me keep my hands out of your craftsmanship so that you can perfect the, the perfect path for me. And help me, Father God, to see in all of creation and in all of my life and, and in my history and in my present day your works and your likeness that I may come to a deeper understanding of you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. that would feel the need to come and pray. If you will join me in singing our closing hymn found on page 357 or on the screen we'll be singing verses 1, 2, 5, and 6. Just The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen.